why are we singing so much about family? Why are we talking about family? Well, because brothers and sisters, but our family, if we are in the body of Christ, if we are in, the, in fellowship with Jesus, then our family is the family of God. And that is anyone that has come to know Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. We are brothers and sisters of the King. And so we can be excited about that. And um, we can, that's what we're talking about the last few weeks in in this sermon series. And today we're going to be looking at what it looks like to invest like family. And we've gone through a few different things so far about family. What is it like family? And the first week in January, uh, we talked about how believers in Christ are to be in fellowship with one another. And so being in fellowship, and then also we are committing to a local church is the key of connecting like family. So we can be in fellowship globally with our family of God, but what's key is also connecting in a local body of Christ, in a local family and committing to that and being all in. Like I was saying a few weeks ago, one of my professors said when we got to Denver, he said, hey, be, find, a, find a church, but once you find that church, be all in. Pray for that church, invest in that church, serve at the church, give, be part of that church, invest your time and money and all that you are in that local body of Christ. And so that, and that's what I encourage all of us to do. We should be all investing like family in the the family of God. Um, Then we also looked at how God's love is the glue in God's family. So we talked about how if if we are not having God's love, it's it's not going to be very good. Our family is not the what connects us and what binds us together is using God's love and, and not just trying to love on our own strength, but loving with Jesus's love that He gives to each of us and let that be a resource that connects us together like family. And then last week we looked at how God's family grows together when we study and experience God's word together. You know, God has given us His word. God has preserved his word for, throughout history. And this word it is alive and active. It penetrates our hearts. And so God uses his word to speak to us. But not just individually. As a family, we can be in Bible studies. We can be accountable to each other. We can be talking about how God's word, how his scripture is working itself out in our lives. And so we can experience God's word together and we grow to cl- closer together in family through his word. And so I know we didn't have Sunday school today, <laughs> but we can be parts of sun- uh, Sunday school classes. We can be part of Wednesday night classes or uh, groups. We can be part of ways that we can grow by opening God's word together and talking about God's word and, and not just talking about hey, this is what David did, or this is what, you know, this is what uh, Paul did, or whatever. No, but about how it relates to God and humanity, and how it works, how, how it works itself out, and how we can learn and trust in Jesus, who is love. And so, we looked at that, how believers last week are going to, they learn from God's truth with each other, and that believers can apply scripture in their lives together, and believers challenge each other to live it out. And so not just opening God's word, but like really understanding it, applying it, and then challenging each other with God's word. Today we're going to be looking at 
investing in God's Word, sorry, investing like family. And so the main idea today is that God expects His family to be investing in His kingdom work. So what does this mean? God, God, ex- God expects that if, if you are in the family of God, if you are a child of God, He is expecting, now, not requiring, but expecting that we are part of investing in His work. Investing in the local church. Investing in missions. Investing in wherever God's kingdom work is happening. God, we're going to see this today, God wants us to be generous like how He is generous. And so He's expecting His family to be investing generously in his kingdom work. All right, so we're going to be looking at 2 Corinthians. And I encourage you to open your Bibles today to 2 Corinthians and chapter 9. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we're going to see how Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth about some issues. And he brings up this, this issue of being generous. And so in 2 Corinthians Chapter 9 and verse 6 and 7, we're going to look at this first. It says, and you can follow along on the screens or you can use your phones or, or whatever Bible you're using. I'll be reading from the NIV. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Now this is a familiar, Jesus had said this, it's, it's also in the Proverbs. This is common, so this is not new to the church in Corinth. They understood that. So that's why Paul is saying remember. He's not giving an, this new idea that if you sow sparingly, you're going to get just a little bit. And if you, and if you reap, um, sorry, if you, if you reap sparingly, you're, I'm saying it wrong, okay. Whoever, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So whoever is, whatever you're investing in, whatever you're putting your, in, if you're just giving the bare minimum, that's what's coming back. If you are generously giving and really wanting to bless and really just giving all out, then you're going to be receiving that kind of generosity also. And it says in verse 7, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I think that is, that is really the key here. And all these scripture, probably even over most of this chapter, the point of this that Paul's writing is that God loves a cheerful giver. He wants Christians to be all about being generous, but not just generous, being happy, being joyful to give. He wants, he wants people to see that God is a generous God, and God has lavishly and just poured out his blessing on us, whether that's money, whether that is your salvation. I mean, the most importantly, our salvation is is by grace only. It's not by anything we did or deserve. But because so God is is a generous and gracious God. And so if we are like God, as we're called to be like God, we are to be generous, right? So our first point today is by investing in God's kingdom— we experience God's generous heart. By investing in God's kingdom, we experience how God is generous, and he wants us to also be generous. He wants us to, 
to not be, oh, I better give this money because I need to do it. It says that I need to do it. Or No, he wants us to be all about, hey, this is exciting. I have an opportunity to bless someone. I have an opportunity to bless the church, to bless God's ministry, wherever it is. Now, remember, does God, actually, I'll ask you the question. Maybe I'll ask the kids. Okay, Issa, does God need our money? No. no. Good job. You got, the, you got the right answer. God doesn't need our money. So why is he asking us, or why is he expecting us to give of our money and our time and our resources? Why is he expecting us to give? All right, I asked the question, so I'll get an answer from Emily. Yeah, he wants uh, good job, Emily. He wants us he wants us to love him and not love money, right? Good. Yeah, he wants us to not be holding on to our money. Look at this money I have, it's mine. No, he wants us to be generous. He wants us to realize that we can trust him and that God is a generous God and we can be generous too. So I, I just want to encourage you when we, when we read these verses, <clears throat> especially about this, this these parts about how if you reap sparingly, you'll sow sparingly. Or sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. And if you give, if you're really generous, then you're going to get a lot of things back. And I just want to caution us. Sometimes there's even people preaching these kind of texts that will say, look, you need to be giving lots to the church. It even says in the Bible, give and give and give and give. Because guess what? When you give and give and give and give, you get and get and get. You get lots of stuff. Now, I want to just think about it for a minute. If, if I had a chance, every time I put in a $20 bill, that I, would, I knew for sure I would get back 100 like every single time, I, I got, there was this machine, wherever it was, and I put in this $20 bill, and I knew every time I got, put in a $20 bill, I was going to get $100 back, that would not be me being generous. Would I be generous because giving that $20 bill? No, that's not generosity. That's making an exchange because I'm greedy, right? So if I knew I could get, give $20 and I would get 100 back, and I'm like, hey, every time I do this, I get money back. That's looking out for me. And so that's not what God's all about. Now, yes, God wants to bless, and he is blessing, and he is generous with us, Right? We've all experienced God's generosity, or I hope you've experienced God's generosity, but it's not because of anything I've done, and it's not because of any amount I've given. And so I just want to caution you in that. It's not about, hey, let's give and give and give so we can get. It's not about so we can get. It's because God is a generous God, and God loves to bless his children, doesn't he? And remember, God doesn't need any of our money. But he does it so we can trust him. Now, our, <clears throat> our money, a lot of times we think of our money as treasures. Uh, and, and there's a lot we can learn about money and treasures. But one thing that we do is we like to hold on dearly to our treasures. I mean, Jesus said, and it's on the front of our bulletin, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? Wherever Wherever your treasure is, and now Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God. He's talking about that let's, your heart, wherever your heart is, wherever your treasure is, you're going you're gonna to be investing in those things. 
And so be, he's saying, be investing in God's kingdom work. And th- this week was really funny because, you know, we talk about holding on to our treasures. And one of the things that, that happened in our family this week is I was praying about our, our baby that's coming any day now, by the way. <laughs> and I was, I was praying that mommy would safely deliver the baby, right? And then more, more than that. But that was the key part that caught Elizabeth's ear, our four-year-old, almost five-year-old. And she said, after the prayer was over, I'm glad she didn't interrupt, but she waited and she said, we're giving away the baby? We're giving away the baby? Why are we giving away the baby? Because in her mind, delivery, it's like Amazon delivery. It's like, it's coming to, we're, we're delivering it to the doorstep. We're giving it away. So she was concerned that we were planning on having a baby and giving it away. And she thinks that's pretty funny because it happened. But you know what? And this is a different topic, but in a different way, when we have our children, we do give them away. We give them back to the Lord, right? We give our children to the Lord and say, Lord, you've been generous with me. You've been generous with us. Now we give, this, we give these children to you. All right, so we experience how God is a generous God and how God has a generous heart, and he wants us to have a generous heart. Um, I have a little comic, if it loads, right, that we can see. It says, this is, it says, the, the, the cat on the left is saying, or this is a, how dogs and cats think about church finance committee after hearing about a shortfall in the budget. So this kind of comes down to what's important, right? And so the cat says, missions giving is the first thing to go. We don't have enough money, so let's not give any more money away. And the dog's wondering, well, how can we cut back at here? How can we be cutting back at home so we don't have to cut our missions? So this, this idea here is, is how can we make sure that we can still be generous? How can we still reflect God's heart in, in giving? You have a question? You have an answer? Yeah, give, yeah we're going to talk about that, give, giving your life to Jesus. Yeah, so this is about, about being generous. Uh, John Piper said that joy doesn't come from how little or how much we give. Joy comes from this impulse that has been created in our hearts to be for others because God has become for us. God has, is for us. He's generous. And so we have joy no matter how much, how much we give, but that we are being generous. So the Lord wants to give us joy. And if you don't give with joy, maybe we need to ask ourselves, Lord, please help me to have a heart of generosity and, and that I would be a follower of you that gives with joy. So by investing in God's kingdom, we experience God's generous heart. And then let's continue on and read in verse 8 of Second Corinthians. Remember, he has just said how God loves a cheerful giver. And then in verse 8 it says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things and at all times, having all that you need, you will, be, 
you will abound in every good work. As it is written, uh, this is in Psalm 112, verse 9, it says, They have freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now, he who, has, who supplies seed to the sower and bread for the food will also supply and increase your store <clears throat> excuse me, of seed and righteousness. Sorry, of, of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So God here is, is wanting us to see that he is not just generous, but he has a, a huge supply. He has abundant. He, he has everything sufficient. He has cattle on a thousand hills is how they described it in, in different parts of the Bible. God, God has everything. So he doesn't need from us, right? He doesn't need, but yet he expects his family to be investing in his kingdom work. Why? Why is he expecting this? He wants us to be generous, but he, he wants us to be obedient to him. He wants us to be not needing anything from anyone. He wants us to be trusting in God alone. He wants us to be trusting in himself. And our second point today is that investing, by investing in God's kingdom, we learn to trust God as our provider. We trust that he's the one that has all the resources and he's the one that provides for me, not by me looking out for myself. Not for me getting more and more and more so I can have more and more and more. But we learn when we give, then we get the joy of, of participating in God's kingdom. We, we have the opportunity to bless others. We have the opportunity to see God's kingdom flourish, not because of my doing, but it's part of an investment. When you invest in any kind of stock or, or well, actually, Greg should talk more about this, but when you are investing, you're, it, it, you don't have any of the say in what's going to happen with those things, right? Do you have anything to say? No. Right, you don't have anything to say unless, unless you've put in like most of the money or whatever, right? But you don't have a say. You are just investing and whatever happens, happens. And so we learn that trust that God is our provider. It's not that we are putting money in and saying, all right, now this needs to happen this way and this needs to happen this way. No, we trust that God provides for us. And we trust that what God is going to do with his kingdom work that we can just participate in and we can learn to trust him. You know, when we were on the mission field, it was hard because our, our money the money that we received monthly, it didn't make sense how we could give, how, how we could be people, you know, how, how we could be doing this, investing in God's kingdom. And, and I was even kind of t- tempted, like, well, we're on the mission field. We're doing God's work. You know, like the thought is like, well, why do we need to give? But because God wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him as the provider. And, and when we gave, when we were obedient to the Lord, we saw the blessings in that. We saw, it, it was really neat to see that one of the ways that God blessed us was he blessed us by other missionaries, even other missionaries in, in, our, in our circles. They were like monthly supporting us. They were like sending in money so that we could 
we could stay there. Or we, we, they, were, they were investing in God's kingdom work in our life. And we were just blown away with that. We couldn't believe, like, and it actually helped us not just be investing in just kind of the bare minimum, but it helped us to invest all out and be investing even when it hurt financially. Because we saw and we learned that God is our provider. And God provides when we trust Him. All right, I have another little uh, <coughs> comic for the kids and uh, adults. If it works, <sighs> it didn't work. Okay, all right. The comic says, there's these, there's these uh, it's, it's always picking on cats, by the way, but um, the, the cat has a book that says, How to Tithe at the End of the, three, at, at the, end of the Quarter with what's the 3% of what's left over. And the, the dog, sorry we can't see it, but the dog said his book is How to Tithe gener- Generously or How to Tithe you know, the Full you know, as Much as I Can. And so there's this idea that like, are you tithing because you're required to or because God's expecting it? And you'll, so you'll just kind of give a little bit sometimes? Or are you tithing? Are you investing? Are you giving because it brings you joy? Because you know that God is a generous God? And because you have the opportunity to be giving and to be obedient to the Lord. You know, Jesus gave this example. He... he he was with his disciples. They were watching people give money to the temple treasury. And this woman comes and she gives two small coins. And there's other people that are just dumping bags of money. And Jesus doesn't point her out to expose her, but he points her out to his disciples. I, I, I kind of gather he's like whispering to his disciples, see that lady over there? And the disciples, you know, they're like thinking, oh, look at these guys, they're lining up, and they're pouring their money in, and they're, oh, look at how much they're giving. But Jesus, he called his disciples over to him and said, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the temple treasury than all the others. Now, I kind of wonder if some of the disciples' jaws were kind of open, right? They're like, what? We just, did she give some other money earlier? <laughs> We just saw her like drop in these two little coins. And Jesus says, they, like all these other people, all these other people that were obedient and they were, they were wanting to invest, he said, they gave out of their wealth. But she gave out of her poverty. She put in everything that she had to live on. So what is that showing to the disciples? What is that showing them? Or what is that showing all of us? that she was learning to trust that God was her provider. Can you imagine taking your paycheck or whatever, uh, whatever your bank account is and you just take it all and put it into the temple treasury or whatever God's kingdom work, you know, whether a church or missionary. Can you imagine just emptying your bank account and putting it all in? God calls people to do that. I mean, look at the rich young ruler. He told him to do that. Now, is he telling all of us to do that? Oh, you guys are quick to say no. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not calling all of us to do that, but he is, wanting, he is wanting all of us to trust him as the provider. 
And so if we think that what we have in the bank account or what we have in our IRA or whatever stocks or whatever our money is, that we're, we're like doing okay, we're doing well, and we're good, we don't need Jesus, then that's the problem. That's like that rich young ruler. He had it all. When we have it all, we don't have it, do we? When we have it all, we don't learn to trust that God is our provider. So this woman, this widow, she trusted that the Lord provides. What about us? Are we trusting that the Lord provides? Or are we just giving when we can afford to? So, we learn to trust that God is our provider. And then in verses 12 to 15, it says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says, This service that you performed is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Verse 13, Because of the service by which you have provided yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with all of with with them and with everyone else verse 14 and in their prayers for you their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given to you Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. So here, Paul's kind of finishing out this portion of his, his letter here by, by saying that we see an, ex, an expansive expansion of God's family. We, by the gifts that we see, by people investing. Uh, so our third point today is that we see expansion of God's family. Paul is, is saying that because people were faithfully giving, that they saw people coming to Christ. More and more people were coming into God's family. Isn't that good, kingdom work? Isn't that the reason that we invest, is to see more and more people coming to God? Yeah, amen. It's not just to, to pay for the different facility things. Yes, we need those things too, to, but we, we, what we're excited about is seeing more and more people come to Jesus. And so we get to see that. Now, do we see that every Sunday? No. Do we see that all the time? I mean, I wish we did. (laughs) It'd be great. We can be praying for that, right? But we don't see that. A lot of times we don't see where our money is going. Just like when we're investing, we don't see exactly all, all what's happening, right? God's using that money for his glory. God's using that time for his his glory. God's using whatever resources we are investing, whatever we're giving with joy, God's going to use it accordingly. You know, when we support a missionary overseas, do we see all the details that goes on? Do we see all, those, all the, their needs and all the things they have? No. We, we hear about some of them, and we'll surely hear some good news if, if you know, some really good things are happening, but we're not going to see everything. We're not going to see how that money was used to help in God's kingdom work. And so, yes, we're going to see sometimes the expansion of God's family, but we're not always going to see. And so God's going to bless the giver, but he's also going to bless 
the people that are being faithful in receiving that money too. Jesus also said, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and it'll be put back in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Jesus is saying, remember, be generous. Be generous in how you give. However you give, it's going to come back to you that way. So we can see blessing. We can see expansion of God's kingdom. And so I hope that is an excitement for each of us, that we see expansion and blessing. Yes, we individually blessing. It helps us to trust in Jesus, helps us to trust. We also, we can bless each other with money, with encouragement, with support, with our obedience. God is expanding His kingdom. So by investing in God's kingdom, we experience God's generous heart. We also can learn to trust God as our provider. And we see the expansion of God's family. Or we at least know that God's expansion, expansion of God's kingdom is happening in His kingdom work. And that's our main idea, is that God is expecting His family. God's expecting all of His sons and daughters to not be selfish and holding on to whatever we've been given, but to be investing in His kingdom work. God is expecting it because He loves us and He knows that if we are selfish, it's not good for us. But if we're generous and we're blessing and we give with joy, remember God loves a cheerful giver. We're giving with joy when we have opportunity. When we see, hey, VBS, you know, there's this opportunity to, to bless in this way. Hey, when we see, hey, Operation Christmas Child, we can bless in this way. Hey, when we see someone here or there, whatever, when we see opportunities to give, Let's be jumping at it. Wow, we can, we can bless. Let's give. Let's give. Instead of, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it. It's a challenge for all of us. You know, I saw an ad last week when I was watching football games that said it was, a, it was an ad for something called Greenlight. I'd never heard of it before. But it's an app where you're, it's teaching your kids how to use money. And it's not free, by the way. So that's why I didn't look into it more than that. But... <laughs> but Greenlight, the, the app, what caught me was it's, their little slogan was, invest in your best investment. They're talking about your kids being your best investment. Invest in your best investment. And I was like, wow, yeah, invest in your best investment. That's great. I should look into that. But I think in reality, God is investing in his best investment, his kids. We, we, we kind of think that we're the ones that are doing the investing. We're the ones that are giving and giving. But God is giving so much more than we could ever give. And, and so God is investing in his best investment, his children. So we've been asking ourselves this question during this sermon series, family, what's your status? And so I want to just ask you, what is your status in investing in God's kingdom? What is your What is your status? Maybe this is all new for you. Maybe this is, this is something you've never heard before or don't know much about. You know, don't wait until you can afford to give. Be generous. Give now. Like my economics teacher in high school. She said, don't wait until you can afford to, put in, to start an IRA when you're 30 or 35 Start now. As soon as you have some money, start now because it's going to be better for you. Right, Greg? 
Yeah, he would agree. <laughs> Start now. Start trusting God. Start being generous now. Now, maybe you aren't tithing very much, or you're just kind of waiting to the end of the, end of the month to see, if you can, to see if you can tithe. And I want to just encourage you, don't make it a decision. Don't make it a decision when it's tight. You know, in the Old Testament, it talked about how God wanted the people to give of their first fruits. As soon as they got the harvest in, give the first 10%. Give the first amount right away. Don't make it a decision when you're like, oh, I I only have a little bit left now. How can I give? So I want to encourage you, if that's you, give right away. Give the first amount. Maybe maybe you have been faithfully tithing. Maybe, and thank you for faithfully tithing. That's really good. But maybe it's been more out of duty than out of delight. You know, God says he wants, he, he loves a cheerful giver. It's not about obligation. Oh, I have to give this money. Oh, I have to give this. I have to, I have to do these things. No. God wants it when we are excited that we can invest in his kingdom work. So if that's you, I would encourage you to ask the Lord. Ask the Lord to give you a heart of joy in the way you give. And maybe even stretch your giving so that it's, it's, it's something that's going to be more than just the, the regular amount. You know, and maybe you've been faithfully giving and have a heart of joy. And that's, that's good. That's, that's what God's expecting, is that we have a heart of joy. We're cheerfully giving. But I want to encourage you that maybe this is you, your opportunity to pray about giving more. And I'm not just saying that give more to East Bend. I'm saying give more in God's kingdom. Wherever that is, whatever opportunities come into your life, where God's gospel has, is expanding all over the world, all over our cities, all over our, our state and country, all over the world. Whatever those, those are, be looking for ways that we can cheerfully give, not to take away from other giving, but to give more. Because God loves a cheerful giver, and He expects His family to be investing generously and cheerfully in His work in his kingdom work. So before we close, I just encourage you just to take a moment and evaluate yourself. Maybe talk to God about this. What is the next step in investing in God's kingdom? Lord God, I thank you that you have all the resources you need. And so you aren't asking us to give because you need it. God, I thank you that, that you're giving us opportunities to trust you, to giving us opportunities to know that you are faithful and that you are our provider. And so, God, I pray this morning that we would all be people that invest into your kingdom, not out of duty, but out of delight that we would be cheerful givers, that we would realize how generous you've been with us and that we would be generous.
God, we pray that we would learn more and more what it looks like to be generous. God, we pray that East Bend will be known for our generosity in your kingdom work. That many would come to know you, Jesus. Not for our glory, God, but for yours. And so, God, I just pray for wisdom. Pray for delight in giving and joyfully being generous in all the, in all the, the ways that you're calling us to invest in your kingdom. Jesus, we pray we would trust you. And this we pray in your name. Amen.